There are two readings this morning from the Bible. One is from Luke chapter 6 and the second from Mark 1. In Luke chapter 6, up to this time, Jesus has been in Galilee and the ministry is about to change. He's about to start to show not who he is, but what the kingdom is that is coming. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, sorry, verse 12 to 16. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night, he continued in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples. And he chose from them 12, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who, he called, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Going over to the scripture into Mark 1. Mark 1, verse 35 to 39. So Mark chapter 1. I'm still here on Russell of Pages. And in the morning, a great while before day, he rose and went out to a lonely place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Thanks be to God. Well, we've just been singing about uh, prayer. Why don't we uh, come before God in prayer now? Heavenly Father, we come before you, not as people who have got it all together, but as people who have been broken, yet put together again by you. We give you thanks and praise that you are a God who loves unconditionally. That when you look at us, you see a picture of yourself because of what you've done, not because of anything we can strive to do. And we say thanks. And loving God, may our lives reflect that. May our lives be an offering to you that we may uh, proclaim who you are to our friends and family, that we may show it through the way we live, through the words we speak, through the actions we do. May we be a blessing to others as we have already been blessed. And loving God, this morning we pray for those who may be struggling, who may be hurting, who may be ill. Loving God, we pray for those who, uh, for, for Mother's Day, it might be tough. Lord, we pray for those who are wrestling uh, spiritually at the moment. For the prodigals who may have been at church, may have loved you at one stage, but have moved away. And we pray for them. We pray, Lord, for those who are just going through a dry patch in reading their Bibles. And we ask, loving God, that the word of God will become very real for them again.
And loving God, I pray that this morning as we hear from your word, as we talk about prayer, I pray, God, that there will be excited once again to be prayers, people of prayer, people who faithfully pray that they will see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I remember when I was a, uh, a really young Christian. I hadn't been a Christian for very long, and I was on a basketball carnival, the, the, the um, church's competition that uh, play on a Monday night that we've got teams in. Um, we used to, they still do. Actually, they run these carnivals, and this is going back 20, 25 years. A long time ago. <clears throat> and, um, and each year we'd play in these carnivals across Australia. So I remember going to Western Australia, to Tasmania, South Australia. Um, I think we even went up to New South Wales. We had these car- this, this big carnival, state against state, and we'd play against all the other um, states' uh, churches' competitions. And it was wonderful. Um, not because it was just about basketball, because it, it was great basketball, and it was a high standard of basketball. It was really great. But it was also, um, you met a whole lot of people, uh, new friends, new people from other states that you became friends with. Um, And there's still people that I'd met uh, 20 years ago from Perth. There's one fellow from Perth that came over, and we still see him around now, and he's a a good friend, and it's fantastic. But the, the other part of the carnivals was, every year they'd have a guest speaker. And one year, I remember this really clearly, because he really uh, made an impact on me in that, that year. And he was an American speaker, and he'd done a lot of trips to the Philippines, basketball trips. And I, I believe there may have even been a couple of people from here. I know uh, Chris McCartney probably went on one of those trips at one stage. But he, um, this speaker did uh, a lot of travelling. And he, he said in one of his talks at that carnival, he said, before I get on the, pro- on the plane, I always pray that God will give me someone to talk to that I can share my faith with. And that really challenged me. Because when I get on a plane, the first thing I want to do is turn on the telly, get the, the food and the drink in, and just go, this is my space for the next 15 hours. This is my space. I don't have to do any dishes. I don't have to cook for myself. I don't have to clean. Oh, well, I thought I got to tidy a little bit, I suppose. I, I, this is my This guy, he said, no, no I want to be on a plane, and I want to be fruitful on this plane. And, and he was willing to... <coughs> Excuse me. He was willing to say, God, if there's someone you want me to talk to today on this plane, I will talk to him. And then he shared about the times that he would um, chat to people next to him and people on the plane and just about his face. Would I be willing to have that life where I set out in my day saying, Lord, give me someone that I may bless Give me someone that I may speak to. Would I be willing and bold enough in my prayer to say, as I step out my door, give me my neighbor to have a chat to today? Would I be willing? Would you be willing to do that? Because the crux crux of it is that, and and the stories that we've heard from Scripture is that, if we're to be a blessing to anyone, if we're to see God at work in our community, we have to begin with prayer. We have to start everything or begin everything with prayer because prayer attunes our posture towards the work of God. Prayer attunes our posture towards what God is doing in and through our community. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last week we started considering what it, what it might mean to have a missional rhythm. 
We said that, that like breathing, we're all pretty good at breathing. We do it unconsciously. It's like a reflex that happens. And we started to wonder, what would it be look like to have a, a missional rhythm where mission is not something we just do, rather it becomes part of our very nature. It becomes so entrenched in who we are that it is like that breathing. And mission starts when we step out into our community and we start to see the blessings of God in and around us, on our lives, labeling them, saying, hey, God, you blessed me this week. Hey, God, I see where you blessed me in this. And then saying, and I want to do the same to those around us. Last week, I issued the challenge to look at two things, um, to, to, to see the blessings of God in your life. That was the first thing. And the second thing was to be a blessing to others or to look for the opportunities to be a blessing to others. Now, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of time, just in the little spaces where you are. If you weren't here last week, there are the two things I asked. How did God bless you or how were you blessed this week? And then, how did I bless someone else this week? Why don't you just turn to the people just around in your little space there and, and answer those two questions just in a brief sense. Someone might have a great story they want to share um, or something like that. Just for a couple of minutes, if you've got this, the opportunity to do that. Um, just for a couple of minutes. Good to hear lots of chatter. It's fantastic. I want to be bold enough to say, does anyone want to have, want to share somewhere that, where they've felt the blessing of God this week? Does anyone want to share that? Am I bold enough to say that? Yeah. I'll bring, you, I'll bring your microphone down. I can be the runner. Oh, hello. Alan. Good to see you. Um, my name's Alan Silverwood. My wife, Bonnie, and I are here just visiting today. But... Um, my most recent blessing was singing The Lord Is My Salvation. Um, it's a song, it's one of the Getty songs, I think. And um, it's, uh, well, we've been in another church and w that was a suggested new song, but it, it never got used. You know, anyway, that's irrelevant. However, um, to come here this morning and feel the sense of you know God speaking and that song really just blessed my socks off, to be honest. Um, and that's, you know, once we're blessed, we do go out and bless others because of, we can't help but do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just saying the other day, I, I was um, looking after my granddaughter and she fiddles around in the shower for, or having a shower and getting ready for bed quite a bit and so while she was sort of trying to dry herself I, I grabbed a, a sponge and, and just gave the shower a quick wash out because uh, my daughter's on her own just at the moment while her partner was away and um, and my granddaughter said um, oh mum's going to be cranky with you because I always do things around the house and, you know. and she um, I said oh but but this is what we do we bless other people we just help other people and in church they told me that I should be blessing other people. And when my daughter says something later on, I said, oh, no, but I'd just been told in church I was to bless other people <laughs> and I love to bless you. And I think it's just a great thing to be able to teach you, your grandchildren. That is a blessing to me that I can pass that sort of thing on. Thanks, Yvonne. That's fantastic. And 
And, uh, and I know, Alan, uh, you've been a blessing to so many people over many years. It's so good to see you. It really is nice to see you um, from a long time back, so it's great. Um, uh, if, I, if I keep the mic going, we'll go forever, um, because I'm sure as we start to share the stories, we'll also start to hear stories and remember stories in our own mind of, uh, of how we've been blessed this week. But what I also want to challenge you to do is, is to, to get on the email. Um, I don't have Twitter, so I can't do the Twitter thing. But get on the email or text me your story of how you've blessed someone else. And what I'd love to do is compile some of those stories so that we can hear them. It can be anonymous. I don't, I don't want to give all the glory to one person. Hey, this person did this amazing thing. It's not about that. But it's about saying, well, how can we need to hear the stories of what God's doing in and through our community because it then encourages us to do a little bit more as well. So it's great to hear some of the blessings that, that have been on the people of the church but also as they've gone out and blessed others as well. So um, we are blessed that we may be a blessing. Um, that's good. Um, blessing someone in a considered, practical, relevant way shows them the goodness of God that has been given to you. So God starts to reveal himself through his people as we begin to bless others. Um, So you're blessed. You really are. You're blessed. Not for your own sake, but the sake that you may be a blessing to others. It's good, isn't it? And and this whole idea of of BLESS is an an acronym. It's not a program that we're running. It's not something that we have to do um, on a a week-by-week scenario. It's a a rhythm, a missional rhythm, as I said, that we will become so attuned to thinking about how do we bless others? How can we be a blessing to others? How can we share of ourselves in such a way that others will not only feel like, the, like a, that, that's a really good person, but they'll also feel that there's something different about them. I need to know why they are why they are. And that's where we also get a chance to share the gospel as well. That's great, isn't it? So bless is five life applications, five practices that can help. And we start with B this morning, which is begin with Prayer. And it sounds kind of obvious, doesn't it? It's a good thing, Pete. We should begin with prayer. And I can go and sit down and we go and pray. That's a good thing. But we need to begin with prayer. It's an obvious thing. But I wonder how, how steeped in reality that statement is for our lives. Beginning with prayer, prayer it's a no-brainer, really, is it? But when we think about the actions of God around us, have we started our time in prayer? I wonder what the start of your day looks like. I wonder where prayer fits into that part of your day. I know I can be very guilty of starting my day with a very personal focus focus in my prayer, even if I'm praying. I'll start it with, Lord, I pray that today you'll give me patience to do the work with this person. Or it might be, Lord, help me to forgive someone who hurt me. Or, Lord, help me in my situation. And that's okay. We want to ask God to, to help us in those situations. But I wonder how often we begin the day or go into our school day with a prayer, seeking to be a blessing to those around us. Lord, may I be a blessing to my neighbor today. Lord, show me where you want me to be a blessing today. Lord, reveal to me where you're already at work that I may engage with that and bless someone. I'm not sure that that sort of prayer enters our consciousness in all parts of our day. But if we're going to be the blessing to others, as we've been blessed, we need to start by praying for the people in the circles that we live in. 
Because prayer attunes our posture towards the work of God in the world. Prayer attunes our posture towards the work of God in the world. In the passages that Ian read to us, it shows this example beautifully. When Jesus is ready to begin his public ministry, he goes and finds some, some people to be his disciples. So he's gone out and he started ministry and he's got all these people following him. He says of the large crowd. Uh, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. So he's already gathered people, people are there, and he goes. And he goes off and he prays. And Jesus, before we, when he comes back, he makes 12 of the most important decisions of his life. The choosing of the 12 disciples. So he's got this big crowd following him. He goes, I need 12 that I can walk with. And the first thing he does is he doesn't just choose willy-nilly. He goes off and he prays. He prays, he prays uh, all night, praying to God. These were the people that, was ulti- that he ultimately wanted to lead this new way through into the future. He didn't just come to this group, big, big group of a large crowd of disciples, at verse 70 says, 17 says. They were to choose. It, didn't, it wasn't like draft night in the AFL. Go, I'm going to look around, and that, that guy's got the, the best looks. That guy's got the, the biggest muscles. That guy's got the... It wasn't like that. Because I guarantee that the people that he chose in his 12... That bunch of disciples weren't the ones that probably looked the best. They weren't the top draft picks, I suppose. There were probably others in that crowd that have had better credentials or a heftier resume than some of those who Jesus chose to be his 12. Yet God has a different way of viewing things. And thankfully, Jesus understood that as well. And Jesus knew that he needed to start this process by not just going out and just picking a few people, but by getting up on a mountain alone all night, and praying. I wonder how we go at going into some of the most important decisions of our life, fully confident that we sought the direction of God in those decisions. I wonder how you go with that. I wonder if you're ever fully confident that you've followed the direction and leading of God, that you feel like you've prayed enough for it. Because it was only after Jesus prayed all night that he came down to select the 12. He didn't just go off and have a, have a couple of minutes in, the, in, a, in a little space. He, he spent some significant time. It was not a small decision. This was a, a massive decision to make a new way for the Israelite people. And Jesus spent all night praying. Jesus looked to his heavenly father for this direction. And when he came down from the mountain after praying all day and night, he came back and he sought through the crowd. These people who were all following him, all wanted to know about him. They may not have been too sure about who he was yet, but they wanted to know. They wanted to be with him. And he didn't choose all the lawyers. He didn't choose the, the high profile in society. He chose the fishermen. He chose the tax collectors. He chose the people who, in the grand scheme of, of Jewish peoples, they weren't really anybody. You know, Jesus discovered who his mission was to be with through prayer. He began with prayer. If we're looking to to be a part of our community and engage in the work of God around us, to bless others, to be a blessing to others, then we need to be attuned to God who gives that same guidance to you and to me. 
I love the beginning of Mark's gospel. And we hear this busy day that Jesus is having in in his ministry. In the first 34 verses of Mark chapter 1, we hear all sorts of things happening. John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus. Um, We have Jesus being baptized, declaring that the kingdom of heaven is near. Um, He calls the first disciples. He does a, a fair bit of healing. It's a busy day. If you read through it, uh, you you might get tired just in that space. (laughs) Then we get to verse 29, and he goes to church as well, in the synagogue. If he wasn't tired enough by then, he then goes and heals Simon, one of his disciples' mother-in-law. Simon was married? Yeah, mother-in-law. And then after sunset, uh, when it's time to sit down and put the telly on and watch a movie, the whole town gathers. The whole town gathers. The whole town gathers. um, and brings the sick and demon-possessed to be healed by him. That's a busy day. I get tired reading about that day. But then we get to verse 35, and that's where it's interesting. It says, very early in the morning, so this is the next day, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, it's getting, uh, I'm I'm not, there'll be people up that that get up before, hands up if you get up before the sun comes up. Oh, there's a lot of people. I can't put my hand up for that. I can't do that. So I don't even know what time the sun comes up. Six o'clock? Earlier? 6, 6.30? 5 o'clock? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Very early in the morning, before the sun comes up, Jesus left his, got up, left his house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Before the sun comes up. He'd had this busy day, yet he still found the importance in starting with prayer, beginning with prayer. And... The next few verses tell us why he did this. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Or code for, hey, why aren't you here healing the rest of the town that we couldn't heal last night because it got too late? And Jesus replied, I'd love to go heal more people. Let's go do it. No, he didn't say that at all. He said, let's go somewhere else. Let's go elsewhere. Go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. That's what Jesus says. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. There was still ministry to be done in that town. There's still much to do in the town where Jesus already was. People still needed healing. The disciples themselves were like, why isn't he here? Why isn't he come and and doing this? Yet Jesus' first point of call wasn't to go and heal that morning. His first point of call was to pray. Why? Because Jesus was still seeking the, 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 the guidance of his father for what to do next. And his response after praying was, wasn't, okay, I'll go and do this, this busyness again and try again for another day. It was, let's go elsewhere. I need to preach there as well. And Jesus displays this idea that prayer attunes our posture towards the works of God. We see God at work when we are praying. And Jesus' prayer tuned him to where God would have him minister next. <clears throat> the right thing might have looked like to the disciples, to us, that he should stay in that town, fully finish that town's ministry in that town, and then move on. But God said, no, I have other plans. And Jesus spent time praying that he may hear those other plans. <clears throat> See, beginning all you do with prayer that asks God to reveal how he wants you to, to move in your community. It attunes your life towards the action of God in the world. 
I wonder if we spend enough time beginning in prayer. And it may not even be the start of our day in prayer. I'm not just saying you get up in the morning and make sure you pray for half an hour about what God wants you to do. It might not even be like that. It may be that as you walk out your driveway, you pray for the neighbours around you. I've gotten into that habit, um, praying for each of my neighbours. As I walk past their houses, I take the bins out or bring the bins back in. I, uh, we've got two units in front of us and house either side, and I pray for the people in them. I know the names of some of them. I don't know the names of all of them yet, but I pray for each of them. And my prayers are often, Lord, may there be a way that we can connect with our neighbours. We've had some small chats with them. Um, the guy, we have uh, sort of a, a conversation over the fence with our, our neighbour to our, our right, um, and he seems really lovely. But we're going to keep praying that we have more meaningful space of chats and discussion with our neighbours, that we may be a presence of God in, in that space. Does that sound like a hard thing to do? We could do that. When you walk out your door, most of us walk out our door at least once a day. When you walk out your door, if you look around the houses around you, just pray for the people that live in those houses. Pray for your neighbours. Most of us will have five neighbours. Most of us will. If you live on a, some sort of a street, you'll have five neighbours. If you live in a house on a street. If you're in a unit, you might have more around you. But most of us have five neighbours. <clears throat> you'll have your, your two either side of you, and then you'll have three in front of you. That's, that's your five neighbours, in essence. And, and I want to challenge you to pray for your five closest neighbours. But not just pray that they'll be safe and they'll be secure, but pray that, that they will, you'll have opportunity to bump into them, that you'll have opportunity to get to know them, that you'll have opportunity to have a conversation with them. And as we see a little further on in our Blessed series, that you might have an opportunity to listen to them, to eat with them, to, to serve with them, and to share with them. Pray for these opportunities to come by in your life that God would open up a space where you can be a blessing towards them. I, um, I shared this at Newport, <clears throat> where I was before coming here, and uh, I got some stories about, well, how have you been going praying for your neighbours? And there was one, uh, one lady sort of put her hand up, and she wanted to share a story. She said, I baked, I baked a cake for my neighbour, and I, I was going to go across, and the car was in the driveway. And I said, okay, that's, that's, that's no good. What did you do? She goes, I sat on my, on, uh, on my chair and just looking out the window the whole day until they came home. As soon as they came home, I ran my cake over to them. I was stalking a neighbour. <laughs> it's great. She saw the opportunity to be a blessing to her neighbour, and she did. So she baked the cake and went across and waited um, for. If you're at school, if you're at school here, and you might, you might be sort of lining up to go into your classroom while the bell's just gone, you might want to say a prayer of, Lord, may this... This session give me an opportunity to be Christ in my schoolyard, in my classroom. Maybe if you're in a, in a nursing home and you're about to go and have a meal with all of your other residents, you might, be, you might pray, hey, Lord, may you give me the courage to share what happened in church on Sunday with my, um, the person I sit with. It might be that you pray in the car before you start out in your workplace. Hey, Lord, may, I, may you give me an opportunity to see where I can bless someone in my workplace today. And that might be so countercultural in the workplace. Because when we begin with prayer, you're attuning your posture towards the work of God. And if you truly believe that God is present in our lives, then we are then going to see that and be a blessing to others. I'm going to give you a couple of ideas to be specific in your prayers. Firstly, I've already done it. Challenge um, is to, the challenge is to pray for your five closest neighbours. Pray for them. Pray for opportunities to arise to get to know them and bless them in unique ways. 
But the challenge then is not only to pray for them in that way, but pray that you can get an opportunity to know their names. Do you know the names of your neighbours? Maybe you do. If you already know their names, that pray for the opportunity to hear their story, where they're at. Pray for opportunities to get to know their de- them deeper. <clears throat> While we are in the UK, Solari and I had a, a wonderful community. We had this fantastic community. We had, <clears throat> we had our five closest neighbours, um, and they were, uh, they were close. Not just closest neighbours in proximity, but they were actually really close to us. And I remember Solari and I went to a conference, and the preacher was speaking about building micro-communities, our mission field is a micro-community as such, um, getting your five closest neighbours to, to sort of in your key space for mission. God's placed us in those spaces, use that, he said. Anyway, we started praying for opportunities to get to know these people better. And God started opening opportunity after opportunity to do so much with that community of people around us, to eat, to laugh with them. Their kids started coming to the youth group that we were leading, and the family started sharing resources. Um, Solari started teaching drums to one of the kids across the road. They started doing our garden because we're not the best gardeners. We've got Jasper now, so that's, that's our helpful thing. Um, some of these kids became Christians and got baptized. You know, this, this was a community that just flourished in, in the space after we started praying for them. And when we left, we had barbecues going over fences, couches going over fences. We had, had this. We, we, we um, set one, someone's barbecue on fire, not just in some sort of weird way. It just blew up. It was amazing. But it was just, we went out with a bang. And it was just amazing community. It really was an amazing community over in England just because we started praying for them. We said, God, we want this to be a space of blessing. There are so many practical ways we can begin with prayer. It might just be when you wake up that you say, Lord, use me today to bless someone else. But there's a caveat on this. If you pray these prayers, you need to be prepared because God doesn't stay silent. If you pray, use me today to bless someone... You better be prepared to bless someone. You better be prepared to go, I'm going to do something that might be out of my comfort zone. You better be prepared to listen to what God is doing. And we'll move on to listen next week. That's the L. So we can definitely be attuned to God through our personal prayers. But Jesus, after he ascended to heaven, and there was this time of sort of for the disciples, this uncertainty um, of, of waiting. So he's come back down to earth and he's gone back up. What was going to be next for the disciples? This uncertainty. There's a newfound passion because we've seen Jesus risen. And now he's gone again. He's not with us again. What's going to happen now? And we're told at the beginning of Acts that after Matthias was chosen to replace Judas, the 12 plus some women were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. You see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. See, Jesus is gone now. And once again, they're alone. They didn't know what was going to happen next. Pentecost hadn't come yet. They couldn't predict what was going to happen at the Pentecost moment. Yet they, they knew where they needed to begin. They knew that they needed to get, to together, get together and start praying. And little did they realize that those early prayers that they pray, prayed together became the starting point of a new movement. We know prayer individually is important, but it seems that our starting point for mission in our community is to also be praying with others. So I'll leave you with another challenge. First challenge is pray for your five closest neighbours. And the second challenge this week is that um, 
that uh, that's an individual challenge. The second one's a little harder because it enters into a daily into it enters into something you have to do with others. The second challenge I want to offer you or ask you to to take on board this week is to find two people within this congregation or two people of faith that you know. Maybe they're outside of this congregation, it doesn't really matter. But two other people that you trust and love that you can form together a little prayer triplet, a little space of prayer that you can get together, that you can pray, uh, commit to meeting once a week. So a prayer triplet that you can commit to meeting up once a week. It might be half an hour, you might get there and, and pray for an hour, you might, be, you might be really rushed and do it for 15 minutes, whatever it might be, but commit to praying in, in a triplet for, for, for one, uh, a set amount of time once a week. And when you meet, I want you to pray for each other, that you'll be alert to the opportunities to see the blessings of God in and around you, that you'll be alert to, to the blessing of God on your life, but also um, that you, how you can bless others as well. And I want you in that little group to share the stories of the blessings that, that you have, have received and that how you have been a blessing as well. Not to big yourself up, but just so because stories actually help us to connect and go, how I can do that? I can be a part of that. If you're ha- willing to make that challenge, take that challenge, to, to create a prayer triplet, a triplet of, of people like, that can get together to pray, then out the front, just as you go out the door, there's a little table with a, a blessed triplet sign-up sheet. I would love you to put that, your names down on that sheet, that you will commit to that for meeting once a week just to pray for the blessing of others. It's a challenge because it's, you're putting your name, it becomes accountable, doesn't it? And that's where accountability actually helps us to, to actually go ahead and do things. So, so two challenges for this week to begin with prayer. To pray for your five closest neighbours, that you, God will open up some opportunities to share with them or to be with them or to learn their names, to hear their stories, and that you'll form a prayer triplet, a, a little group that you can trust, that you love, that you can meet once a week with, and that you can go out and share the stories of how you're being blessed to be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Our loving God, we thank you that you've taught us um, through your word and through your son that we can not do anything without starting with you. That we must start in prayer. That we must begin with prayer. That prayer attunes us to your working in this world. That it creates a posture in us that helps us to see you more. So I pray that as we go out from this space that we will be people who not only just pray for one another or pray for the world around us, but pray that we will see where we can engage with you and that we can be a blessing to others. So may we take up this challenge to be people of prayer. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.